I was scared. I was scared. I was scared too. You're listening to. I was scared too. Michael Myers. Freddy Krueger. Chucky. The Leprechaun. Take it away, Mr. Movies. Get in hell, kid cinema. Cha-ching. Cha-ching, indeed. Okay. I'm wearing a Jackbox shirt. This has been my whole... It says, endless breadsticks, but it's the Black Flag look. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. That was worth the investment. You have to wear that for the I Was Scared 2 Presents Black Flag Parody (laughs) Shirt Fashion Show (laughs) Contest. Wow, mm-hmm. the text message that was sent. That sounds <laughs> yes. like we're making it up right now, but no, that was a real. I've seen photos. <laughs> we got some big plans for the Twitch stream in 2021, and that's one of them. <laughs> Listeners, yeah. I think that's half of them. But <laughs> we also have the Shadow Organization presents the podcast awards coming up. Oh, Ooh. sure, sure. sure. The Shadow Organization. Yes, it's an amazing uh, organization we know very little about, but apparently they host a, a podcast awards, and we're in contention for uh, best podcast ever. <laughs> yes, congrats. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I think it's going to do numbers for us. <laughs> That's all oh. we care about, those numbers. Oh, uh, woo. Yeah, yes. sorry. Oh, woo, woo, woo. Hello, listeners. Welcome to I Was Scared 2, a horror movie podcast. I'm Mr. Movies. And I'm Kid Cinema. Together, we're <laughs> Mr. Movies, Mr. Movies and, Kid Cinema. and Kid Cinema, or, or Kid, Kid Cinema, Cinema and, and Mr. Movies. Mr. Movies. I'm also um, known as JZT. And I'm also known as Fesh. And sometimes people call us <laughs> JZT and Fesh. Or Fesh and JZT. Yeah. You'll, it's you'll always a, it's always a, like a, there's a slight pause where it's like, are we going the full <laughs> yeah. thing on this one or, or not? It's been like a month since we've recorded, dude. Yes, it's we're we're out of our element a bit. You know, we were really yeah. in the groove of it. We were like a touring rock and roll band we, playing we, a podcast every night. We recorded twenty two episodes in October. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, wild. Yeah, uh, we and we earned the month, but we were a little nervous about how the month of November would go for the world. Sure. So it was. It, what well, was pretty nice to have that off, but we yeah. we missed each other, and now we're yes. back. Oh, back, that well. reminds me of that song "Back in the New York Groove" by Kiss. Do you know the members of the band Kiss by any chance? I do. Know, yes. Okay. <laughs> you got Gene Simmons. Uh huh. You got Paul Stanley. Uh huh. You got Ace Frehley. Uh huh. And you got Peter Chris. And so that's Demon Star 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 Child. Um. Space, space man, dude, and kitty cat, <laughs> kitty cat. The spaceman star child is always what hangs me up. But yes. uh, and then Beatles, it's George, Paul, Ringo, George. Yes, got George, it. Paul, Great. Ringo, George. Great, got it. <laughs> We're not alone today. We got a wonderful, <laughs> we got a wonderful guest. She's already enjoying the hell out of this <laughs> recording, and now she's ready to speak and talk and rock and roll. It's Elena. Hello. Hi, I'm here too. I could watch. I could just sit here and enjoy this all morning. Oh wow! <laughs> what an honor. Well, okay. In that case, JCT should we teach her uh, our mnemonic to remember both the members of the band Kiss in the field? Yes, we should say, Elena. Do you in your life find yourself struggling to remember the me- the members of the band Kiss? I do. Yeah, this was the first time I've heard their names actually. Yes, and it's a <laughs> lot of version. names. <laughs> 
It's a lot of names, and it's very difficult to remember those four names. So we came up with a very fun <laughs> mnemonic device. Ready, Kvesh? Yeah. Wait, I have to remember it real quick. I'm taking notes. This All is right. important pop culture information. Gene, Paul, hey, Paul, uh, Chris, and Ace. Yes. Chris and Ace. Gene, Gene Paul, Paul, Chris and Ace. Gene, Gene, Paul, Gene, Paul, Chris, Paul, Chris, Chris, and Ace. How high are my knees? How high are my knees? And then and that then, works for the Beatles as well. Yeah. John, Paul, uh, Paul Ringo, Ringo, George. Ringo, George. John, Paul, John, Ringo, Paul, George. Ringo, George. <laughs> you take some John, you put it in the Beatles. You take some Paul, you put it in the Beatles. And I, I'm, I know we're repeating material a little bit here, but just real quick. So for the Beatles, who, so John is the demon? John is the demon from the Beatles. <laughs> Ringo's the cat man. Ringo's the cat man. George is the quiet space <laughs> child. Star child. Star child. Star child. I could see that space coming. Man or star I'm child. following perfectly. Paul McCartney is the spaceman. George George Harrison is the star child. Perfect. This all tracks. As someone who knows almost nothing about either of those bands, <laughs> it really makes a lot of sense to me what you're saying. I gotta I say, think, too. I think it was designed for that demo. I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> Spaceman and Star Child are so similar. It makes me think, you know, you're band practice. That maybe those guys aren't the most creative. <laughs> they're not the most creative, but I also think, like on a Friday, they're like, okay, this is the thing. We're all gonna have makeup-based gimmicks. Everyone, come back. Think about it over the weekend. Come back Monday, and that's and then S Paul. And Ace showed up with the same thing, and they got into a huge fight. And then Gene Simmons was like, "Boys, boys, boys, you can be the now, star now, child, now, and now. you can be the spaceman." And they're like, "Okay." It also implies a relationship. Like we have our own thing going with the space thing, aside from already what the band's doing. I like that about it too. Do you yeah. think Ace Freely was like, "Well, you can't spell space without Ace." <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I do think he was okay, like that. Cool. That that's great. I I wish I wish that would be a thing. Well, what? I think uh it'd be cool if he uh teamed up with Elon Musk <laughs> to go into the space industry and use that as a slogan, Like you know? if you check Twitter right now and found out that was the case, would you be surprised at <laughs> no, all? No, it's like yeah. Ace Freely, an ambassador to SpaceX. <laughs> you can't spell space without it. Ace. <laughs> And then Elon Musk says, "We're so thrilled to have Ace on board. You know, we've been doing, we've been really passionate about this for a long time, and you can't spell space without Ace." <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's okay. Enough. Wait, it was Gene, Paul, Chris, and Ace. <laughs> yes, Gene, Paul, Chris, and Ace. So there's Gene, a Paul, Paul in each one. Yes, isn't that? Funny? Yeah, but the Pauls don't line up, right? If that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> the Pauls don't line up. The Pauls don't line up. I've heard that about Pauls. I'm sick of all these Paul uh, master. What? Ah, damn. I'm trying to do a thing about poll. Remember, everybody gets mad at poll readers because they're always wrong about the election. But I couldn't think of the oh, actual. Oh God. Poll. Yeah. Hey, can we get rid of them? Um. I know it's a little late, but or <laughs> oh boy. Am hey I guys, right time? it's a little late. <laughs> it's a little late. <laughs> Hundreds of years, a hundred years or so, you know. Um, yeah, and then a couple of months after that, uh, I, I pay no mind to them, so they they can come or go as they please, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Do anyway. you, are you reading the polls, JZT? Is that what I'm you frustrated? Reading the, I'm reading the polls, and oh my god, I take it back. 
I was scared too. Best podcast, number one podcast. <laughs> Likely to win best podcast at the Shadow Organization Best Podcast Awards. Uh, well, hey, all right, poll leaders, you're doing something right. Better postmates some crow, buddy. You're gonna, you're, yeah. you're eating crow, dude. Hey guys, let's just say these three bananas aren't the only thing I'm eating today. I'm going to be eating some crow after. I think whether or not you were wrong, I assume those three bananas weren't the only thing you were eating today. <laughs> you, that's, you know, I didn't, yeah, I haven't really thought about it, but I'm probably going to eat more than these three Are bananas. you on like a simian diet or something? You're only eating like monkeys eat? What are you doing? I'm only eating, yes, I'm, because you know monkeys, they're they're much healthier than, than human beings and they only eat bananas, so. And they have the exact same digestive systems, so it tracks oh. to eat like they do. Oh, I don't we think might that's be true. onto something here. Mm-hmm. It's this thing this guy Jordan Peterson came up. He's a really trustable guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was addicted to benzos for a year, but he's good now. So, um, <laughs> not just gotta well, throw in a not, you know. Well, ho ho ho, guys! It's the holiday season. Um, and yes. so what we're gonna do? We're gonna cover all those Black Christmas movies. That's right. Uh, we're a franchise-friendly podcast, and yeah. this month's. Uh, franchise loosely, I guess, is yeah. Black Christmas. Uh, it is. It's, just, it, it, it's a name. It's less than a franchise because I feel like each entry is kind of its own. I don't know much about production companies and stuff like that, but it definitely feels at least the third one is completely separate than everything. And I wouldn't be shocked if the middle one is separate from the first one. Yes, well, I, I haven't seen the, the the middle one. We'll dig into that soon. Yeah. From the little that I read about it, you know, online, it sounds like it kind of. Is a loose at it, loose reinvention. Yeah, but um, yeah, but before a lot of opinions, a lot of questions, and I am expecting you guys to be able to answer all of them. (laughs) Oh boy, I'll say this: I did, I did a fair amount of research, and I have five to seven fun facts. Whoa, I have at least one because I had a suspicion as I was watching it, and then I googled it, and it confirmed my suspicion. And you can almost entirely guess what that was. I don't know that Mm. I can. Should I just say it? Is that how we start? Yeah, Yeah, go for it. As I'm watching it, I googled, was Black Christmas the first movie to do, is the call coming from inside the house? Oh, sure. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. A lot of people consider this the first, like, slasher Slasher. That's what it said in that answer. Yeah. It's, while there's other movies that involve slashing before it, this is, like, where all of the, not, not all of the tropes, but, like, a lot of the... The foundation is built here, starting with the POV shot outside of a house, um, and then yeah, the call coming from inside the house. Mm-hmm. I'd like to. I'd like. I know we've started, but I'd like to also start off by saying what a masterpiece! Ooh. This is a beautiful, yeah. well-made, well-paced <laughs> movie. I was gonna say too the the mood of it all, the atmosphere was really great yeah it is just like tonally like there's just like that creepy uneasiness and yet to it the whole movie and yet also it is very oddly comforting and calming in a in a very lovely way and they inject these musical interludes too like there's the piano recital Mm. and they just let him have it for a few beats (laughs) yeah and then the carolers sing one song and you're like wow that was a really lovely moment and then they start another (laughs) song and it goes the whole way through the second song and jess is just standing there enjoying it and i was like yeah this rules yeah it really does a lot with a little too you know it's like a lot of slashers kind of live or die off of how 
the visual effects can look like how you know the step but this is like really like the the, v, the mvp of this movie is the sound design mm. and so much of it does just create a, a creepy disturbing tone yeah and energy and environment uh what i like about it is yeah because it's the you know first it's not concerned with topping anything and yes. so it is just very almost objective it's just like yeah this is a kill that is happening this is not a, a special animation in a video game once you reach a certain amount of points like that like this is just the next part of the story yeah, yeah. it's interesting they brought video games because as jzt was saying how excellent the sound design is just just yesterday morning before i watched the movie i had played a game called superliminal with riley and there was such a stark contrast between this piano score throughout the whole thing and when you were supposed to feel tense it just got really quiet and there was like the sound of like faint running water and as this movie started, there's just a Christmas carol playing when you're inside the house. And then every time it cuts to outside the house, there's just it's just quiet with the faintest yeah. heavy breathing. Yeah. And it just set everything up so perfectly. Like, you know what ride you're in for and you're there for it. It was so well done. Yeah, I would say all of the um, obscene phone caller stuff or that character's audio in, in general is is... You, you know, we will see as these remakes come on, but even <laughs> removing the remakes, but just modern, the, the march of modern horror, how specific and like VO'd that character would be go on to be, and how clear. But like this guy's muttering, like it's it's clearly an improvised thing. You know, he's not reading his line. Uh, <laughs> imagine imagine those lines right now. <laughs> hey, mother, mother. <laughs> I found out too when he auditioned for the part uh, the director had him sit in a chair with his back to the director and just like improvise and rant in and in all these voices and stuff so it was largely yeah and it is like it's creepy and unsettling in a way that's like yeah you're like hard you know you feel it like this is like a psychopath screaming on the phone at me yeah it's not like I think yeah that's the final maybe some movies in the future when it's like when a when a serial killer has too much, it's a hard line, I guess, because you don't. They're want all jigsaws nothing. now. It's yeah. all like I'm watching you, and it can be so like this is my motive. This is what happened to me. Yeah, and this yeah. is who I'm targeting as revenge. Yeah. and sometimes there is just something so unsettling. We do not know what this disturbed person is uh, angry about. If there is a logical reason or not, we just you know they're hurting. Even people. by the end, it's never answered, and you can't imagine a script getting through these days without those notes too. Right. Like it's almost demanded for in the process. But that said, now now thinking about talking about it overnight, such heavy influence of Psycho. Like this yeah. is so such an yeah. homage to Psycho. Yeah. The first killing is with the curtain, mm -hmm. the idea mm -hmm. of like him muttering about a mother, mm -hmm. him keeping a body in a rocking chair. Like there are so many elements that are like these beautiful visual quotation marks, like um moments but it's still it's completely standalone movie doing its own thing which i love i appreciate that in a, in a piece of art i think horror as a genre is so uh like there's a gravitational pull to that specifically and it's just a matter of gradients of how well you're gonna do it <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's it's especially now where everything is kind of just an echo or a reimagination or a tweaking of all the pop culture we've seen before it's it gets harder and harder to not just be quoting as you said 
Um, but Have you guys heard this do... rumor okay. that Psycho was meant to be a comedy? There's like one theory out there because there's a loose quote of Hitchcock being like, I can't believe people took it seriously. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I just watched. We're going to be covering it next month. Yes. Yeah, spoiler Ooh. alert. Ding, ding, doing... ding, ding. December is Black Christmas month and January it's, well, Hitchcock, Hitchcock month. We don't have a yeah. time. Nice. I just watched um, two movies for the first time of Hitchcock and I'm like a fan. <laughs> Surprise. <yeah>. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. I think Good movies. that kid's got something going for him. <laughs> But yeah, I, I watched the doc about just the shower scene, and they they talk about that quote, and it is it's it's I would say less a comedy more than it is just like he was making schlock, like he wasn't setting out to make a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Even camp was thrown around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that might be the better word for it. Um, well, I'm I'm reading a uh, Hitchcock Truffaut, which is this book where the director Francois Truffaut interviews Hitchcock about every movie of his career, and they go ooh. like movie by movie and. He dig, like digs a lot into like how everything was made, but in just the intro, it's introduction. It's really interesting because I think the first edition came out in like 1964, and at that time, he's like, y- you know, his reputation was not as what it is today. Hitchcock's, you know, yeah. he was seen as just like, hey, he's like a popular movie maker, but he's not like. And then it was a lot of the French critics were like, no, it's like really, he's great. There's a craft well, here, and it goes back to what I've been saying on the spot for a while now. It's just like. Art is this weird thing that is, you put it out and it has to be looked at through the modern lens, but that its true value won't show up for another decade at least to be like, okay, let's actually look at that and see how it actually stands as opposed to the flash in the pan, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which uh, might be a great but, question for our, our, our uh, guest. Only not, what is art? Oh, wow. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I've been wanting to get this off my chest. <laughs> I've actually been this this past year. I've been thinking a lot about the difference between design and art. Oh, okay. Um, both thing, both worlds in which I exist in, and it's still a working it's still a working hypothesis. But it's basically like art is when you create something to have created it. Like you, it's this thing that you have to get out of your brain and put it into the world, where and you don't kind of like take how people are going to receive it into account because that's not the point. It doesn't matter to you. And design considers the end user and it's kind mm. of making a functional thing for mm. someone functional or non-functional depending on the intention but you're thinking about who's going to interact with it and who's going to experience it and uh i think art is just like when the creator needs to put something into the world and there's a fine gradient there's there's the capital a on the one side lowercase on the other and the whole spectrum in between yeah. and like that's individual judgment calls or like you were saying right. uh do you go by fesher kids cinema here <laughs> oh do we need to do our intro again to explain it i mean i guess i was given the option you are sometimes <laughs> called fesh. you are i was following you are sometimes called fesh yeah whatever works <laughs> but like you were saying it is like it's a constantly evolving thing something might yeah. not have been received as capital a art and over mm-hmm. time become like you know matures like a fine wine and becomes so which is fascinating i love yeah i love how fluid that um that what art is can be well going back to video games a thing that was just seen as you know it steals your quarters and rots your brains and now what we think of it as is is like we would have never have dreamed that (laughs) like it has become part of the culture the way that it has oh sure absolutely great example yesterday during during playing super liminal no joke i walked into a side room has nothing to do with like the journey of the game and it was just a dome 
with the night sky and I started weeping. I was like, <laughs> somebody just put this yeah. here for us yeah. to experience. Like maybe they had a reason. I don't understand in this moment, but I'm so moved by this gift. <laughs> I'm like getting weepy remembering. It was just like, oh, wow. it was like a video game is art. Like if something can move you to tears, yeah, that's awesome. It's like in the Tony Hawk games when you go into another room and there's a guy with a goat. You know what's going on. Oh. <laughs> oh, I still haven't figured out how to get into that room with the goat. <laughs> oh, it's, it's in, uh, I think, four through Project or uh, Proving Ground. So it starts oh, at four okay. and goes until the end of the oh, first one. That's why I have not experienced yeah. goat, man. You uh, should know this, Elena. Fesh is much better at Tony Hawk than I am. It's, oh, wow. At the top of quarantine, I got into speed running for a little bit. Like the first month. I was really into speedrunning, uh, which is adverse to the concept of what we're talking about, which is like ignore all of the art, ignore all of the design, just boil this game down to its one and ones and zeros and get it done as fast as possible. Here's the thing. We all use tools for what we need them to do for us. Yeah. yeah. And Absolutely. for you, that was an itch that you needed scratched, and that was the tool to do it. And it was certainly born out of I've already put my time in to appreciate the art and design of these games for you know 20 years now. There you go. Now let's boil it down. Um, going back to the art and design uh, division, uh, I, I like that definition, and I'm wondering if, if uh, so is it a square and uh, rectangle situation where it's like design can can't really function without art, but art can function without design? Or vice versa. I'm trying oh. to. Tr I have. I'm. J I just learned of this, and I'm thinking about it because you're talking talking about video games. You have to have functionality. In order, unless it is just an interactive art piece, but for a game design, you have to say we have to put this here so the audience knows to look here to go around this corner to find the next part of the game. Yeah, I mean, I love that question. I think I'm going to be thinking about it for a while because <laughs> I haven't considered the like circle and square thing. But I do think that even a thing like a video game isn't just one or the other. Like the sure. engine that it runs on is a designed right. thing, and right. I wouldn't consider the engine art. Right. But what you layer on top of that engine, even though it's considering the end user, there are, you know, like, I don't like the way it looks like Red Dead Redemption comes to mind. Like mm -hmm. I am making this because I want it to look good. And I think that will draw people to it. But the design is like the gameplay, you know, not even the gameplay. The gameplay could be art too. Cause that's the story. But that's, uh, that's what I was going to say. Even the, I would say even the engine, uh, like, yeah, you, before a lot of video games, you'll see, like, I forget the name of it. Shoot, I was blanking on it, but it's the physics program that uh, that's very distinct. It's, like, pretty much the person ragdolls as soon as they're dead is, like, the, the, uh, the how Are you thinking works. of the Unreal Engine? And I remember when it first came out, that was, like, a huge deal because most games were just, like, you fall down, and that's uh, he, he, there's no change in the person who's dead. They are just now lying down, whereas this one, it looks like the life has left their body. Uh, uh, but, like... It, it it somebody saw that and thought I don't like that I need to fix that and it may be for a functionality's sake but it's still the same passion driving them to dis to, to change how this looks in this functional way so I, I, there's obviously a working relationship between art and design yeah and not always like a painting yeah. a painting's a sure. painting you know yeah. and similarly to the to the speed runs like there's the moment it moves you initially. And then the, it becomes a thing that hangs on your wall and takes away like a bare wall and makes it into a thing. And every once in a while, you might experience that memory of being moved, but most of the time you're walking by it. 
JZT thoughts? Guys, I'm loving it. I, you know, my <laughs> mind went to too. It's like, just you know, in music, it's like, well, chords are just chords, and like rhythm is just. There's always like set, you know, tempos or whatever. But it's like how you put them all together that kind of makes it a song, you know. And yeah, I guess I haven't really considered with music the notion of functionality. But yeah, obviously there's a bunch of it. Yeah, it's, um, gotta, it's all got to align together in a way that works. Like if one instrument is a second off from every other instrument in a band playing at a show. Like if you've ever been to a show where like their monitors aren't working, it feels yes. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it makes I'm, your brain hurt. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when I saw the Rolling Stones with my parents, one of the members of the band was drunk because something was off. And I well, thought, what's like, the name of the member of the band? Oh, gosh. You got Mick. <laughs> you got Keith. You uh -huh. got... Ronnie, you got Charlie. Hey, and then which one do you think was drunk? I think Charlie was drunk. Slash, mm. they're very old. I think one of them might be deaf now. Sure. It was a. It not was impossible. A, not impossible. They were trying those old lads. So, I'm so, I we went down a wonderful side road there, but uh, w I'm just trying to figure out where we left off with that. Was it the sound design? We were this, well, two, I think, kind of to Elena's point, um, well, about the point we're making about, like, time and art and, and quality and yeah. everything and, and reception. Uh, you know, we did an episode about Friday the 13th, too, recently. And uh, both this movie and that one, you know, kind of getting to the part of, like, Wikipedia where you look at the critical response of the time. It's very aggressive at the time. It's, like, yeah. hateful downright and, like, yeah. uh, negative, just, you know, a lot of one out of four stars like this is schlock and uh it's interest in a lot of ways it's interesting <laughs> <laughs> but um you know i it, i i i could say too, i feel like too not to give this movie too much hype and and be hard on friday the 13th but like i don't know like there there's i i think there's well, a lot well can i just of say this real quick yes Friday the Thirteenth is ripping off Halloween. Halloween is ripping off Black Christmas. I think Correct. that's just yeah. important context to put this, whatever this point is, together. Yes, this was a big inspiration on Halloween. In fact, I yeah. even read that John Carpenter based Halloween off what Bob Clark, the director of Black Christmas, said he thought a sequel to Black Christmas might look like. Right. He's like, I don't know. I guess the someone uh, got to run away, you know, or whatever. Yeah. He says, like, Oh, okay. Oh my God! Because <laughs> one of my questions that I expected that I expect you to be able to answer was <laughs> was, um, was there a sequel? I like truly didn't want to look anything up and have like a kind of blind conversation about it yeah. because I have. N I mean, it's hyperbole, but I feel like I've never seen a movie with such a setup for like a sequel ending. Well, that, that's like now it's such a thing that's expected yeah. in our generation of, of movie watching but this feels so early and it's just like we we gave you the ending you thought you wanted and here's the real ending and yeah. then what happens so but, halloween mm. anticipates she that he's the baby that she's pregnant with is what you're saying that michael myers is the baby that jess mm. is pregnant with uh perhaps maybe or... it's what it was born out of but timeline wise that doesn't quite work yeah yeah because yeah. it starts in 1960 something that movie oh it's before 74 yeah gotcha it ends up happening in like 76 
But, but if he like Michael, reimagined what a sequel no, sure. would look like, that's I kind thought, of the thought process. I thought the thought process was just the guy in the attic went was Michael Myers. Oh, JZD, got is it. that the vibe you picked up on reading? That's what I would pick on. Yeah, gotcha. Because yeah. that's fascinating too. Is like Jess, but the way it ends is she either dies because she's still in there and other phones ringing during the credits. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god like i was already yeah. so impressed and then it, that happened yeah and you're like oh it's so good so yeah i i see that less as a as a sequel setup at more than just like a twilight zone ending mm-hmm. to be like this is a self-contained thing but it's not gonna end happy but we don't have to see what would come next like a lot of the tales from the crypt are you afraid of the dark like they all not all of them, but like eighty percent of each of those episodes has the that fulfilling moment, and then we take that it away. You and get bye. to decide how it yeah. really ends. Yeah. I do love that. It's it's uh, crazy making, but I love it a lot. Yeah, that but convention. I, so I think this being in nineteen seventy four, they weren't even thinking about that kind of thing because, uh, yeah, there aren't really franchises in general yet, like beyond Godzilla and <laughs> and the right. Universal monsters. But like, but franchises in it like, because then Friday the Thirteenth comes around, like you said, two generations later, later yeah. and it becomes a whole yeah, exactly. whole damn thing. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, there are there are, yeah there are there are no sequels, but yeah, three imagination or three versions of this same movie. Two reimagined ones. Yeah. Now I'm curious about those, and I think they will be harder for me to watch because sure. modern horror just is harder. They're they're always like upping the game. Yeah. I always heard it started with like Scream and hostile and them trying to outgore each other and that just kind of like changed the genre of horror like uh, Eli Roth like and generations though screams a, is like oh sorry I didn't mean there. scream I meant saw oh yeah oh fair. yeah saw, yep, and, 100%. saw and hostile saw and hostile <laughs> yep. were trying to outgore each other who was the director of saw you know just a guy <laughs> <laughs> no uh, it was John Juan know. for the first one John Juan oh, it was John Juan yeah, yeah. yeah John then... Juan and Eli Roth Eli but you Roth look at that trying to outgore him. You look at that first saw and you're like, well, how quaint. <laughs> it's 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 really just Movie. about a guy sawing his foot off. Like it's not yeah. compared too to bad. like Saw 2 when you're like I yeah. can't. Yeah. And then the I couldn't even watch the I like watch I like reading a script before I watch the movie sure. because the the um anticipation is like too much for me to bear sometimes yeah. and some of them like i read mid mid samar's script and i was like i don't need to see this i don't need to see what this looks like and have those images in my brain other than the ones i created see but that's always scarier elena that's what you're what you're imagining is so much worse than what it actually is that's what they is. say that's how it works and there are scenes that are even gorier in the script that didn't yeah. make it to the movie because yeah. i was because riley saw it and i asked him like oh what did it look like when this happened he was like that is know. awful that did not happen <laughs> he said that is awful i mean my that's my interpretation of how he answered. He's like no that did not happen in the movie like that <laughs> oh but since we're starting at the end i wanted to make this point that um it was like scary there was anticipation like any good sort of horror movie but the the moment of the most dread like yeah. the scariest moment to me and maybe it's like being a woman maybe it's having lived alone it's that moment where like um the girls the first girl who disappeared dad like faints and they take him out of the room to like get him out and then everybody leaves her asleep in the room and we know she's going to be out for four hours and then the cop just comes in and turns out the light and she is so alone and so vulnerable in this bed where you're like even if 
even if this ideal ending that just happened happened don't do that yeah like do not leave her alone in this vulnerable <laughs> state in this moment and that's why the ending was so chilling because like it pans to all the rooms it shows all the destruction and then it goes up the stairs to the attic and then Ooh. you're like oh god and then it goes to the outside of the house and of course the cop is standing guard outside the house like as if they hadn't just learned <laughs> what the problem was even though they think they got the guy and that brings me to my i'm sorry i'm gonna stop talking no, for a minute for it. but it brings me it. to my one inconsistency and this is what drives me crazy about a really good movie is like i see how you think this is powerful but it's detracting from how tight everything else is and it's the cop in the car, the watch guard cop, mm-hmm. that his throat was slashed. Like, you never showed the antagonist leaving the house. And the whole convention is that everything's happening inside the house. Yeah. That it's, like, almost disappointing that that moment happens that the cop in the car has his throat slashed. Even though it's good for the story. Sure. It, it's good for the structure of the story. We need yeah, to eliminate that cop. Yeah, it's good for the structure cop. of the story. It's exactly. not necessarily good for the actual story. Because otherwise uh, he could just run in and, in theory, save the day. Right. When you talked about the them just not sticking around to take care of, they just leave her there and they walk out. The, that's another uh, running theme that I talk about on this podcast when it comes to movies from the 70s, which is just like, Oh, people were just kind of generally more uh, assholes back then. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, we didn't care. Well, you'd be fine. She's fine. It's fine. And it's like, yeah, yeah that's wildly different than how that would be. Uh, Even the subtle ways that they paint these like college relationships, like yeah. the boyfriends and girlfriends that we see, is just mm-hmm. like, I guess that's how relationships I mean, were in the 70s. I, Damn. You just have to swallow that pill. You're just like, okay, if you yeah, say so, right. that this college kid wants to keep the baby, you, you, you okay. You, okay. Sure. And maybe it, maybe it's true to the times and it's yeah. just such a culture leap for us now. Yes. Yeah. I was reading that this came out a year after Roe vs. Wade. Oh, Whoa. cool. For That's important context. context. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, okay. I kept having that sort of nervousness whenever they talked about abortion of like yeah. what side of the line it fell on historically. Yeah. Another fun thing, well, funny, weird thing about that is the fact that like because of, I mean, you could read a lot into it and make a lot of it, but both the director and Olivia Hussey, who played the girl who might get an abortion, have said, oh no, there was no intention to it. We just needed to fill time between deaths. It's like, it's like, all right. Yeah, that's, again, that's, that's what, what I say, mean. But yeah, but that's what I'm saying about psycho being a campy schlocky whatever it's like yeah how many things were set out to be a masterpiece that succeeded in that versus how many incidental things turned into a masterpiece like that's it's the formulas weren't there yet so by filling out spaces through death you made a great (laughs) like yeah you perfected the structure like yeah and and it did feel very like this movie right up top having such a diverse sorority felt unusual to me and maybe that was just more common as like the more movies I watch from like the seventies and eighties, I'm like, it feels like diversity wasn't an issue. Like there was diversity in these old films. And then there's something happened where they became like the mo- the movies and the genres you have your like token person of this type and this type and whatever. That happens again when you watch stuff from the nineties to the mid two thousands. That's like we were you know, we there was plenty of representation. Not like enough and we should be satisfied, but there was a lot more if you watch network television in the late 80s through to early aughts and yeah. then something happens in it's like weird. 2005 and it's like nope <laughs> none of yeah. that i remember growing, growing up watching ghostwriter and just being like it would yes. be so cool to be in this friend group like this yeah. is not my experience where i live and i 
And I am so jealous of this like cool type friend group going on adventures for every reason, <laughs> for all of the above reasons. Burger King Kids yeah. Club, same deal. Oof. Recess Kids. Recess. Oh, man. You know, yeah. Like- so it's cool to have this like very like cool sorority mm-hmm. that's like clearly chill with the rules you know this house mother is like <laughs> oh overtly <laughs> ham-fistedly a drunk which is <laughs> delightful that's like the campy thing of this movie she all every room she goes into alone she has a hidden bottle of, of alcohol and she's yeah. just so it's cool. almost wayans brothers like you expect yeah, yeah, like yeah. one day she'll just pull it out from behind someone's ear and just like she's becomes a yeah. slut i mean she literally opens a toilet tank and pulls one out like by like like a by string like prison style i wouldn't be surprised it's like when she dies in the script it's just when the screener is like I, i'm out of ideas i don't know where else she can she can find a bottle just kill her now like, but then yeah. it's also like you if this movie were made in 2002 she would be killed with a vodka bottle you know but it's like nope this is yes. just a trait she has it's not the only thing that this character can live and die by it's yeah I did want to say too one I think one interesting thing about watching this is uh you know in the context of like genre I guess you realize I think like as you get further into the history of a genre they become more like well yes this is a well-written slasher and this is following the formula but earlier on you do see where the roots of the genre in other genres are like this mm-hmm. feels like more detective story a lot of the times sure. you know the first girl dies and so much of the first like half hour is it's not just then like it takes so long to figure out what happened you know just finding her is like such a arc you know plot yeah thrust of it well the fact that there are at least two off-screen kills in this movie because they're not presenting it as you guys are here to watch people die they're presenting it as these are narrative choices we made we don't have Mm -hmm. to again it's not a special animation we've earned to see it it's it's a part of a story we're telling uh whereas yeah. as the especially in the 90s it's it's just about here it is this woman likes vodka so she dies because of vodka this kid likes baseball <laughs> yeah. so he dies because of baseball and i think a modern movie would take there's like that teenager that disappears and they find her body in the woods and i think it would be so much more related and like it would either be so much more yeah. hyped as the red herring yeah or it would be so hamfistedly related somehow that yeah. you like there's a reveal at the end and here's just like here's a simultaneous horrible thing mm-hmm. that you can decide whether he on his way to the sorority this happened to this girl or if this is like a weird outlier well you don't the second say, girl that's gone missing in this amount of time they're also looking for a kid too like a kid's just gone missing it's like that's what i'm talking about oh okay okay because then they do the search party and like find her body in the yeah. woods and it's up to us to be like is this yeah. related is this was this on the way to this sorority house right. is it a separate thing entirely it did make maybe this is the time to say my theory you know and maybe this is all viewing this through a 2020 fuck the police lens but <laughs> i almost feel like a lot of the theme of the movie is kind of pointing out like things like the police they really do exist to like put a manageable to comfort us you know to be like oh this is the logic we figured it out your boyfriend who wants you to get an abort doesn't want you to get an abortion he's the killer it's like that's there's a motive see and it's like when really so much of what murder and death is like is often can be just psychos and there is no logic it's all chaos and um, well, well, just interesting because I think maybe it, this term came up before this year, but the first time I heard it, uh, copaganda, people talk about like how 
you're a lot of people's understanding of the police is because they watch cop movies. And yes. I never did. <laughs> and I, you know, I watched a lot of horror movies and every cop is considered a bumbling fool in this genre. <laughs> like they never present them as cuz cuz what we were talking about earlier. They are directly in the way of our story. So we either have to eliminate them like they did in this movie or present them as so incompetent that it wouldn't get in the way of our killer. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it, it's, it's... I'm trying to think... I think in the 80s, in some Friday the 13th in the 80s, a cop might be seen as a hero here or there. But for the most part, they're bumbling fools or ineffectual at large. Mm-hmm. But the 2018... And Ween 18, that cop, while he still is killed, is still seen as a little bit of a hero, which is interesting. Yeah. That I just went down like a weird brain hallway while we were talking about this, mm-hmm. about the idea of like the first, like if you have a script and there are like four murders planned, but it's real life. And the first person just self-defends themselves and kills the killer. Yeah. Like, and then, the, and then you still have to fill the rest of the movie. What does that look like? <laughs> like what's the fallout of somebody having been attacked successfully defending themselves and the, like the trauma that they have experienced now affects their life. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. Yeah. I'll write that movie for you. <laughs> Thank you. Hell yeah. Thank you, Elena. <laughs> Thanks, Elena. Um, what else? I also do, uh, one yeah. point I want to make is I think, um, again, kind of as viewing this in the context of like the the birth of the genre or early on, you know, I think too, just like the ambiguous ending, you know, not knowing w- who Agnes and Billy are, you know, being more in the dark about so much of it, it feels like it's more true to like the spirit of like a spooky campfire story or an urban right. legend, right? Or like the mystery of it all and then not knowing, and or just a genuinely unsolved mystery which exists in yes. our world all the time. Like, all it's, the time. yeah, wow, good point. <laughs> and kind of, you know, you leave the movie feeling the same way you kind of feel leaving a good ghost story or camp. Or it's like, yeah. oh, you know. Yeah, because to contrast, Psycho ends with like a 10-minute monologue (laughs) from the psychologist explaining every single loose end of um, that character's, um, oh, Norman Bates, of like Norman Bates' psyche and what it was that made him do what he did. And and, um, and this is just like, no. (laughs) This is just like, not only do you not have the satisfaction of him, of the correct person getting killed by the end you also don't get to know why any of this happened at all fuck you <laughs> so my favorite part of the ending is when jess is going ham right and fighting back and it mm-hmm. is it's like is it because she thinks he's the killer or is it because of all this other stuff we've seen is she using this as a cover to express her real feelings about what's going on that's a great my interpretation of that was she felt safe going after him because she knew who she was up against. And that's why she grabbed like the fire poker. And if she had known it was just this loose cannon, unknown variable guy, yeah, he would have left. Sure. He would have gone out the door. I think maybe both of those things are tied though. It's like, not only do I know who this is, I have this aggression. So now I feel safer. And I want to take this out on this person, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I want, I, I want to fight back. Yeah because yeah why would she go back she's screaming her head off they're not answering like i don't know what option she thinks like what the heroic option is by going back upstairs instead of just going out like i don't know that is a very movie um argument of heroism right like 
because it's because it's narrative and it's good versus evil and all that. You ha- you have to have that confrontation where in reality it is very heroic to get everybody out in safe and then worry about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't read cinematically as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the motivation. Was like she wants to get Barb and Phil out. Yeah, but if they're not answering, like. Oh, because maybe they were sleeping. I guess that's the reason. It's like, I'm going to go wake them up and take we them with me. We can't just text them, Elena. We oh, <laughs> she should have just texted them. She I know. Uh. That's my favorite thing about a movie lately is like, I mean, you've probably heard this, but I think it's Harmony Corine. Corine? Is that how you say Green? it? Harmony Corine had said like, I couldn't, the movie kids couldn't exist now because as soon as you have a cell phone, like that yeah. movie just is over. Yeah. <laughs> like that movie just doesn't happen. Yeah. I love thinking about that. Well, if so you watch, much. again, more modern horror, they always do have to be like, in, in, again, in Ween 18, he, she gets into a fight with her boyfriend, and so her boyfriend takes her phone and throws it in a big thing of pudding. <laughs> it's like, well, there you go. We did all we had to do. Like, that's, that's what so else funny. do you need? And yeah, so and Cabin in the it. Woods is like conveniently like in the woods. Right, right. <laughs> no reception. In Ma, the, one of the kids has like a, a, a screen name that's like Derek O2. And I was like, why would it be O2? And then I realized, oh, he's probably born in 2002. <laughs> born in 2002. <laughs> and that bummed the hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, there are people who voted in this past election who's never known a world without South Park, JZT. I that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh One so fun fact: uh, Olivia Hussey, mm. play uh, the star of the movie. Uh, she was famously in Romeo and Juliet. Mm. Uh, from like Shakespeare. 1967. Yes, Shakespeare. Oh, she uh, uh, is that the director? Yes. Mm-hmm. William Shakespeare, writer director of the I only know the Lerman version, I guess. <laughs> that is the only version I've seen. Full stop, but yeah. I mean, let's be real. Let's let's just say it. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's a great movie. No, Olivia oh. Hussey. Oh. Oh. Gorgeous. Sure. Yes, yes, yes. Also Romeo plus Juliet, however it said gorgeous. Yes. Yeah, that's a fun one. Uh Claire Danes, we love you. Leo you're doing it. <laughs> a salute to Claire to and Leo. <laughs> <laughs> salute to Claire and Leo. Yes, yes. Uh, so, you know, doing a little research on Olivia Hussey. Seems like a bit of a weirdo, and I love it. Uh, she agreed to be in this movie because she met with a psychic who told her she would be in a movie that filmed in Canada and make a lot of money. Hey, there they you said, go. hey, you want to be in Black Christmas? It's filming in Toronto. She said, yes. Wow! Did the second then, part come true? I imagine she this, made some money off of this movie. Yeah, I think she. I assume she got paid well. This movie was not a box office hit. But Resige, she's also like the sleeper star. You think yeah. it's going to be a movie about Barb? That's true. Yes, Barb is. This my... was the original uh, Barb, right? Everybody on Twitter yes. at the time was like Barb, Barb. Barb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Justice for Barb. That's which funny. also. Uh, Fesh got me a Barb action figure for my birthday one year. Thank you, Fesh. I have it in another You're room. You're welcome. The Stranger Things Barb? Yeah. Or yeah, Black Christmas Barb? They, I don't think they went. Mondo hasn't gone that deep for an action figure yeah. for Barb oh. from Black Christmas. Not yet. Let's plant that seed. Let's start a change.org about it. But, uh, yeah, Barb is, uh, she's, if, if this were real, if if we were if guys if we started our own sorority uh-huh. in the ni- in the world of <laughs> uh-huh. Black Christmas, and they had a party, I'd be like, guys, I'm calling. 
Well, I mean, you know, no. no. Well, I was gonna ask JCT, uh, who are you most into in this? And it, it seems like I'm the answer is Barb. Probably most into Barb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. So you know, I'm like, guys, like, I mean, whatever happens, happens. If she's into you, that's cool. But like, I kind of like Barb. So you know, as boys do, you know. <laughs> Not Wait, just boy. What? I think Barb's my choice too. Oh, Wait. Okay. Well, but hold on, JCT. As boys do. What is that? You know, as boys do, it's like we talk like, hey, uh, I, I think I like Barb. You're calling like, oh, oh, okay. dibs? Are you talking about calling dibs? Sort of, yeah, yeah, you know. not, But, you know, not to ownership or possess, but be like, hey, you know, just like, I'm, ca- you know. I'm kind of mo- into you, like, if maybe you're, like, into me, I don't know, maybe we could hang out, I don't know. Yes. Boy, oh, boy. Crushes, am I right? Am I right, everyone? <laughs> yes, JZT, you are you're right. right. Talking to two married people. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, marriages start somewhere, JZT. He's doing great. He's doing I'm, great. You're doing yes. great. I'm doing great. This, you know, COVID, Don't say too much on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say, yeah. He did the A-OK, okay. A-OK. Which is now a white power thing, I think. So let's maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Or it's a Nazi thing. Yeah. Kind of. Ugh. Did we lose the A-OK thing yep. now, too? Yep. We're losing things left and right. That's a shame. Yep. These goddamn Nazis are just stealing everything. I draw a line at my fun pop culture references, man. You can't take <laughs> yeah. those. Um, but uh, where were we? Okay, so wait. Barb. You know how fellas be a uh, bar. <laughs> She Barb's great. She went on to be Lois Lane in the Superman movies of the late seventies. Oh. oh wow! Go Barb. Which I watched this movie with my mom. I was like, "Where do I recognize her from?" And she goes, uh, "Lois Lane." Yeah, okay. Well, there you have it. Wow. But she's fun. But um, another speaking of her, uh, in some research, her played by Margot Kidder. Uh, I have a fun quote about Olivia Hussey. Uh, uh, Margot Kidder remembered shooting the film as being fun. I really bonded with Andrea Martin, filming in Toronto and Ontario. Olivia Hussey was a bit of an odd one. She was obsessed with the idea of falling in love with Paul McCartney through her psychic. We were a little hard on her for things like that. Huh. She was, like, really into the psychic. Yes. Olivia Hussey sounds like a complicated person, and I like that about her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, and that's the fun she's ensemble. top two for me. It's Star-crossed Barbara, it's Barbara Jess for me. Starcross yeah. lovers, Olivia Hussey and Paul McCartney, the real Romeo and Juliet. The real situation. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> you know, if Shakespeare wants to direct a sequel, yeah, the Beatles yeah. were the Montagues, and the and the cast of and, Black Christmas are the Capulets. And if you're listening, Shakespeare, <laughs> Shakespeare, come out of retirement, direct another movie. We love come to on. see direct another movie. We know you're a little yeah, older, and maybe you think you're not equipped for the modern times, but you got it, buddy. You're good at what you but do. But didn't Shakespeare's like wife die or something, so he retired to take care of the kids? I'm sorry. That's yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. why I did that. All right. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> Elena, have you ever been to a psychic? Um, a, a true psychic, I don't believe I have. There's a lot of people in my life who are really into astrology yeah. and that vibe. So I've had like my tarot cards read a bunch of times. I was gifted like a um like a chart reading during my uh, like return of it's like the like return of Aquarius it's like the return of something in your early 20s mm. um so I've, I've I've dabbled 
but I don't think a true psychic who's like, here is your future and here's yeah. your insides. I don't, I have well, not had that experience. That's what's interesting is my understanding of psychics is, is, is that that is only a movie thing to begin with. So the fact that that version of a psychic led to this movie is pretty wild. <laughs> like that's I feel, true. I feel it's usually more like, you know, hey, you 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 function this way and that could cause you problems it's more phrased that way than it is you are going to film something in canada <laughs> yeah i mean i i lived in la for a year and my boss was like very kind of stereotypical la woman to be a little um stereotypical i guess <laughs> but she went to a psychic every week and the way that she spoke about it i'm like that's a therapist like you're talking about your problems to this person and she's guiding you on what you should do going yeah. forward. Like, I guess give it whatever, you know, title you need to make it work exactly. for you, but yeah. like also good for you for like getting guidance in your life. <laughs> yeah, That's absolutely. the more important thing. From when one of our friends did tarot, I'd never done it before. And I did kind of feel like, oh, this is like, it seems like, you know, these cards come up and then you, the person kind of provides details like oh yeah. that's interesting that exactly. comes up because my job sucks or like i'm really into this whatever and you're like not to hurt any uh, i mean this in with the most uh, <laughs> respect possible but yeah it really feels like uh psychics as we know them in the modern world now are carnies who know psychology yes and i, I it, get where it, you're going and it serves the same function of both of those things it's let me take your money <laughs> but also here you can <laughs> learn some stuff about yourself yeah. 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 I don't like, I don't know if those words land for me, but I do agree with the, it is a performative thing that is also tremendously like you are using your own skills of insight and then performing off of those, which I think yeah. is a tremendous skill when you can do it well, because, because yeah. when it hits, you feel it like Jay-Z T saying, you're like, this is resonating, you know, like, and, and the things that do just enough track with you lends you to believe the things about right. the future a right. little more and mm -hmm. anticipate them in a way you might not if they hadn't called the shots like backwards looking as well and that's why because i i kind of fall into the following category but it's like that's why when people go in with their arms crossed and not into it it's like a feedback loop because it is like because i don't believe it i'm not going to be as open to those things i'm not going to provide anything to those things i'm not going to look for those things in my life so it feels mm -hmm. like a farce even further and it will perpetually function that way totally Are you guys ready for one more fun fact i'm so excited legend has it that this was elvis presley's favorite hold on you can't start a fun fact with a legend <laughs> has it that's not what i agreed is. until i heard the <laughs> fact and then it worked i'm sorry i talked over it can you repeat if it? you start with legend has it and you end with this was elvis presley's <laughs> Favorite horror Favorite movie. Horror Does that movie. timeline line up? When did he die? He died in 1977. All right, two years. Apparently, to see it. Yeah. watched it every. Well, that's Christmas. exciting. Well, that's two Christmases, but uh, or maybe yeah. one Christmas, depending when he died, but, uh, or what but, time of the but year. But yeah. legend has it that his family <laughs> kept the tradition alive after he died that rule. and watched it in honor. Of well, goddamn, well, two two things for that. One, if Elvis had hung on a little bit longer, I would love for him to re-record Blue Christmas and change it to Black Christmas. Mm -hmm. Second yes. point is, I hope I see my favorite horror movie two years before I die. <laughs> like That's exciting <laughs> to think. That there's still my favorite movie, horror movie is yet to come. Oh, yeah. That's really, that's cool. And also even imagining what movies, what even story structure looks like 
around that like <laughs> yeah. x amount of years from now Although is presumed, so thrilling but it's possible i don't know when i'm gonna die i could die in the next year and and it turns out us would have been like in the in the in this wikipedia article it says legend had it has it this was Fesh, us as was us was fesh's favorite horror movie and that would still line up uh, but w- maybe a way to cheat death is to never label a new movie your favorite horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's when that's when you've uh, really sealed the deal. Yeah, my favorite horror movie is uh, you know Nightmare on Elm Street three, The Dream Warriors. That way they can't get me. That's a, that's already oh. thirty years old. Ah, uh. <laughs> I'm immortal now. Ha <laughs> <laughs> This we figured out how to is, game the system. It's followable this, at least, yeah, right? If not sound, you can follow it. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm with you. I love it. One more thing. Oh, I wanted to point out. So this is directed by Bob Clark, and I oh, thought, yeah. well, what else oh, has this yeah. guy done? This what so else has cool. he done? What this a is, filmography! This is boy, wild. Boy, is this... I can't wait to go he, on this ride uh, with you. So you know, he um, there's a couple after this that I I have not heard sure. of, but then in 1981. We get Porkies. Whoa! And he then unleashes Porkies in nineteen eighty-three. Well, yes, but then the in next day in nineteen eighty-three, he does a Christmas story. Yes, the one with the, the shotgun. Yeah. The real the, Christmas yeah, story. Yeah. I've never fully seen a Christmas sure. story, and it's set in Cleveland, which is where I'm yes. from. So there's some. There, I don't know. I don't know why I haven't because people talk about it all of the time. I've been to the house. I went down there. Ah, because the Porky's Black Christmas thing. You're like, oh, this guy really is yeah. kind of stuck in this period of his life. This was influential on him. Well, wait till you heard the, hear this next movie. I assume Jay Z is gonna list. Here we go. Well, you know, years pass, and he he uh, a few more like dips, like yeah. not really memorable movies. He's still living off of that Christmas story money, though. Yeah. He'll be yeah. okay. But or he he's... comes back hard in 1999 with Baby Geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> screen cap Elena's face screen cap Elena's <laughs> face it's too late it's too late she my mouth didn't. closed it was just okay. a gape for <laughs> seconds and then in 2004 or whatever super babies colon baby geniuses too yes but that's not the only movie he releases in 2004 yeah we're talking about a movie called The Karate Dog. <laughs> Guys, good for Bob Clark. Yeah, all those video <laughs> store straight to DVD things. That are just rough stuff. He's doing what he loves. Yeah. Also, like, I wonder what age he was in, in that case in 1973, I'm assuming, when this was made for 1974. JZT because it's Bob so good. Price. It's such I'm a there's such that. a maturity about the way that this movie is made. Like I have to say it, and then maybe it's based on his influence, and he's still so young. He's emulating his influences, yeah. and that's what's making it so good. And when he starts taking his own liberties, we get, and you know, the eighties are the eighties, the nineties are the nineties, and he's right. adapting. But man, it's so. Well done. I just born really in, enjoyed it. Born in Nolens in 1939. 1939. So what is that? That's I'd like about 35, 37 yeah. or so. He died in 2007 at the age of 67. All right. So he saw a horror Clark. movie that he loved in 2005. Well, That's probably the logic hostile. we can take. Oh, maybe probably... hostile. I was thinking one missed call, but uh, yeah. 
Could be more in the Saw. <laughs> we'll have to reach out to the Bob oh, Clark I, maybe family. Maybe it's just Saw, right? Saw's 2005, right? I think yeah. it's probably Saw. Saw. Like this pervert, it's probably Saw. But like, think of it, Porky's the, por- <laughs> the classic Porky scene is like a shower and a guy's looking through a hole. That's what Saw is: is two guys in a shower and a guy looking through a hole. Yeah. Whoa. I think what happened was Bob Clark saw Saw. Uh-huh. Said it's his said favorite this movie. This is my favorite and horror then two movie. Now, years later, he died. I'm th- I'm tracking with this logic. I might become it's really a working psychic, for me. Guys, I think I'm gonna become a psychic. Fesh, you gotta become a psychic. <laughs> that's the next. That's the next logical progression <laughs> after this conversation. Like, if we're talking generational inf- influences, like we, we like we have been throughout, it is the natural progression of the calls coming inside the house. It is the killer has been inside the room with you the entire time. Um, and then the reveal that it, it's been true, the way this had the reveal that the call is coming inside the house the whole time. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm just re- agreeing with you. Saw was his favorite horror movie. <laughs> we can all agree that Bob Clark's favorite horror movie was Saw. That's Can somebody just Google Bob now. Clark favorite horror movie? <laughs> right, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm really, if there's I'm not sure it's just going to get me to that Elvis fact again, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> If this doesn't have an answer, it's really typical, just like Black Christmas didn't have an answer of Bob <laughs> Clark to leave us hanging. I think people's favorite movies should be as part of their statistics uh, as anything else, like their height, their nationality, birth date, favorite movie should be in there. Mm-hmm. Not to cross genres, but they should also be joke answers based on your uh, personality, like XSW characters. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. I'm not seeing any. It's just giving me all the horror movies he directed. That he's made. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, we'll have to contact a medium to contact Bob Clark from Beyond the Grave. Maybe when we finally launch that Patreon, huh? Yes. Yeah. It's coming. That's a good one. That, yeah, you can be at the seance that contacts Bob Clark to find out his favorite horror movie. I think that's the the series is we do that for uh, plenty of paths. Uh, celebs as we do seances to ask them about horror movies oh my god i love it (laughs) thank you i love it and all the questions like that they never answered in their lifetimes Mm -hmm. wow i think you guys are onto something i think you're onto many things this is on the list um well i'm gonna uh jcd had his finger raised oh i'm sorry i'm so sorry I interrupted him when he did this, and I just wanted to go back to that. I'm going to be vague here because okay. I don't want to, you know, whatever. But speaking on the note of sub, sub, uh, psychics mm-hmm. and also psychopaths that we know from the, the New York comedy world. <laughs> oh, boy. Won't say the person's name, but someone that we almost started a podcast called Fuck That Guy <laughs> to discuss, uh-huh. if you remember Fesh. I do. Uh, someone from every, we'll, we'll text about it. You know, famously, Jenny Slate. The comedian uh-huh. went to a psychic. The psychic told her, oh, you're going to be on SNL. And she was. Or, you know, right. something to that effect. He read her say that in an interview. So he went to a psychic thinking, well, if I go to a psychic, then I'll be on SNL. What a moron. <laughs> what a mo- Like, truly sociopathic thinking of like, oh, it worked for James. So I'll, that's like the answer. I'll just go to a psychic and then I get to be on SNL. That guy. Moron. Anyway. You know who I'm talking about, Fesh? I do. Great. Um, We're going to be texting about this later. <laughs> Uh, so I've only done this a handful of times, JZT, but I'm going to rate this on the scarometer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This one, that final moment where it pans up and you see, like, the attic hole, but it's, like, shot 
it's not shot like cinema <laughs> cinematically. It's just like realistically what you would see of the attic entryway, and yeah. you just start to hear the giggling again. Oh baby, that got me. And uh, so I, uh, I'm gonna chart that for at a seven point five on the scarometer. Wow. So I think I think if I'm wrong, uh, if I'm right rather, the only uh, scream in this are the only ones that I've charted on the scarometer. Is that correct? I believe so. Yeah. Yes. That it really and so then talking about the f- the phone ringing during the credits just carries that moment all the way to the end and I love it. Jay T, what about you on the scare? I gotta say the scare where the the house mom, uh, <coughs> when she is lured into the attic mm-hmm. and because you see a guy holding like a, a weird, I don't like know, a hook. Hook. Yeah, yeah, like a hook, almost like and I know what you did last summer that there was yeah. like a similar ice pick yeah. hook, and not knowing what was gonna happen and the way it just very quickly sucks her up and just Whoop. the way it was shot was like so quick. You so see your thrilling. feet go up that attic yeah, hole. Yeah, that got that. Yeah, that was an eight out of ten for me. Wow. Wow, Elena, scare me. What was the peak on the scare meter for you? For I'm Black gonna. Christmas? This is you know not to you know to piggyback. I'm gonna also go seven point five. Also mm-hmm. with what Fesh said, but I'm gonna start it like thirty seconds earlier. It's mm-hmm. really like the moment I realized they're leaving her alone, and it's like, and it's not just that it, it didn't end there because that was that was my scariest moment. But it's when the camera started panning to the next bedroom and you see the bloody sheets, that was the scariest moment for me. Because you're like, this has been resolved. And the second the camera starts moving over like the aftermath and your brain does the math of like, if we're looking at this and the camera's moving, this is not aftermath yet. This is still like in medias res. Oh, oh that reminds me. The uh, I'm sorry. This might not be the most accurate. I have a memory of a fun fact that the original title was Hider in the House. Is that have we heard, or is that a different movie? And they're just giving away. The... Might, this movie was released a few times under different names. I uh, did know that about it from a Silent Night, with Evil fan. Night. That's it the one I not, knew about. It did not do well under that title, so they re- re-released it as Black Christmas. They were worried if they released it as Black Christmas, people would think it was a black exploitation movie. Ah. Uh. Which is kind of dumb. Oh, sorry. Yes, Hider in the House is a a movie from 1989. My bad. I was conflating two things there. They did almost release it. Gosh, uh, Stranger in the House. That's it was what I was thinking. Going to air on NBC's weekly Saturday night at the movies under that title. That's my however, opinion. they canceled that when like two weeks before it was supposed to air. Like a couple sorority girls at Florida State University <sighs> were murdered. <gasps> 10 years late 11 years later they found out who the killer was it was are you ready for this oh my god who could it possibly be ted bundy whoa oh, yeah famous serial killer ted bundy killed girls in a sorority house yeah so do you think this was ted bundy's favorite horror movie or <sighs> I he probably is he still alive? I have no. Oh, that's a good point. He, he died in nineteen eighty nine. So oh, okay, okay eighty seven at mm. eight forty two. Yeah, Deep. so maybe Freddie Five was his favorite. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this, uh, have I hit enough beats of that concept? All right, let's move on. I love it. <laughs> I got really self conscious about my my misuse of immediate rest, and I just need to call that out to clear my conscience. Wait, when did you use that? Oh, because I said like we thought the story was over, but it was still going on. Oh. But. That just means it starts in the middle. Yeah. Which I had to look it up, and but now I feel better. In the middle, everything starts in the middle. There's wow. Whoa. You know, that's true. We rarely see <clears throat> movies that span uh, f- 
from the, the Big Bang to, uh, <laughs> you know. Was it that movie like the year one, literally? Even then, but that's there's still already AD. the Big that's Bang, AD. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> more movies should conclude and then have like, and the last seven minutes is how every character dies. <laughs> <laughs> Just the finale. I mean, I kind of love that. Six feet under. That's kind of great. Like every romantic comedy, and then it's like great, and then thirty years later, she got uh, uh, cancer, and he uh, got. Uh, they were also car. each married to other people. <laughs> by that point, like you missed the whole story of leading up to their deaths. But it's like here's this love story. But they had other partners by the time they died. Do you remember uh, JZT in Las Vegas? How the first five minutes are take place in like the forties, and then it cut jumps to the mid uh, uh, 2010s. Uh, I was I was thinking about Las Vegas recently. Yeah, I had Kirk Douglas on the brain. It's like Michael Douglas. Maybe like ten minutes. It's like pretty long chunk of here are these kids' lives, and then anyway, <laughs> now it's today, and they're in their eighties. It's like oh okay, whoa. It's great. Michael Douglas looks like a he looks like a pure psychopath. He's just <laughs> yeah. like so old and like guys. It's just like <laughs> that's a good Douglas, dude. Hey, I'm getting married again in Las Vegas. <laughs> You're coming. <laughs> Whoa, that's uh, yeah. Let, Las Vegas rules. Um, well, terrific. I checked movie. off all my notes. I'm really pleased okay. that we addressed my sequel setup concern. Yeah. Oh, I I'm like, also... this is the last one. I loved that the point of view was consistent of the killer. Mm -hmm. That was always like, you see kind of what he's doing from his point of view. And only, and even like, like you were saying, Jay-Z, to that moment where she's going up the stairs to the attic, the the house mother, mm -hmm. like you're still seeing him and you see him holding the hook with his own hand. Yeah. So that was like super weird and jarring. It almost, I'm going to do this. I'm going to compare it to signs where like you don't, you wish you hadn't seen the hand of the monster. Yeah. yeah. yeah um like seeing his eye was kind of annoying when it's like behind the door like you see mm. his eye like this mm. and but i do understand and i i don't know if i'm just layering it on this or that was the intention but like you see his eye is like this blue color with this like weird red towards the iris so that when you see peter looking through the window in the basement later i was super focused on his eyes uh. i was like does he have that eye and he didn't so i'm like is this this weird like sort of like magical realism where his eyes get that way when he's in this mania state oh. but you know that's not that kind of movie no. it was just a different person yeah. <laughs> with a different eye yeah and that was the clue maybe i think it yeah i think it, it gives you a little too much to like build a case off of like oh you know i've seen enough of the killer that i can be like yes that's you know that's it's the boyfriend or whatever and i i do think too like the i was really impressed by like when he's chasing Olivia Hussey, you know, like how little you see of him. I was like, well, clearly this is going to reveal, you know, the shape. What well, we, we can figure it out from there. But the way they like uh, film the action, but also keep it a mis mystery is, is very impressive. And importantly, the character herself never sees him either, which mm -hmm. creates the whole confusion of whether it's still Peter or not. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Like it is amazing that that guy is so good at not being seen too. Yeah. I And too, like structurally, like, from what you know of the the piano playing boyfriend, the piece, the shitty guy, like, you know, it, it really is just structurally set up to it's like you could just see him, whether he's the killer or not, snapping and killing her or going crazy. You feel with her like why, especially with what she's just gone through, it's like kill him, you know, like because like her, you just feel so uh, unsafe and scared in a basement alone and. 
And uh, yeah, well done. Why would he break the window of the, why is he looking into the basement? Why is he looking into the basement at all if he can't get into the house? Why isn't he hearing the killer walking around the first floor? And why is he breaking a window when he sees her in the shadows of the basement? Like all of that leads you to believe in self-defense. Yeah, he would be like, this is the killer. I need to protect myself from him. Like he broke a window to go like see her because he's sad about their breakup. Well, again, they didn't have cell phones. They couldn't FaceTime. You got to talk to her somehow. What in what world are either of you I'm breaking joking. a window? <laughs> Late, I'm joking. You know what? I it's one. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like it's one thing if he knows she's in danger and he's trying to break in to save her, but yes, he doesn't. Agreed. He's just like, I want to talk to you. Exactly. That's a really good distinction. But again, that's my thing. I, I with watching old movies where I just have to be like, is that just the bad tenor of the time is that like bob clark being like and as any boyfriend would do he's going to break the window and go in or is that them saying this guy's an asshole this is semi-tangential but elena have you ever heard of the scum manifesto yeah by valerie solanas yes the woman who shot uh andy warhol uh Mm -hmm. it came up in a book i'm reading it sounds fun and wild are you reading the book about producing I'm re- no, I'm reading a book called The Lonely City. Oh, I read about that because there's a book. I forget the name now, but it's like the producer of the m- movie Who Shot Andy Warhol. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So I know there yes. was a movie called Who Shot Andy Warhol. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did was, this? Forgive my ignorance. Was Andy Warhol shot by a gun? He yes, was. correct. He was. Okay, and he in survived real life. it. Mm-hmm. And survived it. Yeah. Interesting. Barely survived. It was and legally dead for a- technically dead for a minute and a half. Oh. But yes, and it and a woman shot him yeah. because she actually hated men. And the scum manifesto was like something about kill all men or whatever. I forget Got what you. scum stands for. It, Society uh, for cutting up men. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like an acronym, and it's like for women. Uh, is that not a stable from Glow? I'm <laughs> that's- I have to look it up to make sure I'm correct now. <laughs> she had like a pretty crazy hard life. Like she So you're used... reading a book about her? She comes yes, it's a book okay. about loneliness as depicted in art and okay. like uh there's a chapter on Edward Hopper. There's now I'm on the chapter about Andy Warhol. Gotcha. And also um in the future everyone will have their 1 minute and a half of being dead. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That was beautiful. I think that was a really well crafted joke. Uh, thank you. I spent a long time after hearing that fact uh, <laughs> formulating that joke. <laughs> it paid off. So why did you bring up the book, JZT? You know, just scum. It, it just it, scum. You know, her, her whole thing is just like she was kind of like very much attacked at the time for as being like a lunatic. But uh, and she had a a hard life. But um, you say she just, had some good ideas. They. The, the author of this book kind of points yeah. out like she kind of was like ahead of the curve on yeah. certain trends in feminism. And sure. were she not like, you know, a murderer <laughs> or a, a, a le- attempted murderer, maybe she would be more. Legend uh, uh, has it. <laughs> legend has it. She could have been a prominent feminist author yeah. had she not been wrongly. Well, had she not been arrested. But um, I don't know. It's just interesting. It feels weird to be like, I don't know. Again, I obviously don't know that much about Andy Warhol, but he doesn't seem like the epitome of toxic masculinity. <laughs> like, it feels like a. Uh, it's a little more that she was a little. I mean, she was like, I think, uh, 
like orphaned early on. She uh-huh. was like did like homeless for uh, large stretches, and sure. um, she kind of. I think he like he was going to produce one of her screenplays at one point or uh-huh. play, but he um, it was a very por- uh, not pornographic, but like a very sexual play, mm-hmm. and he almost got f- afraid that she was like. Uh, a, a cop or something like like wrote this play to like get him arrested for like you know obscenity charges ah. so he backed off a little bit okay and she sold the rights to her play to some lewd book publisher um and then for like 500 bucks after he got cold feet she's like I, I, I a number of producers were like interested in working with her and then were a little like thrown off by how intense she was but then she like kind of lost it and like and and he kind of dis he wanted I think he was afraid of her and so he wanted to distance himself from her and then she went and shot him. Hmm. So it's kind of like that movie Joker. It's a lot like that movie it's Joker. It's a lot like that movie Joker that I haven't you seen. Think about it? Uh it's about a guy who, you know, was orphaned and uh something wasn't quite going right in the head there and he was trying to be a comedian, it wasn't going great. He gets on a talk show and he shoots the guy on the talk show. So this is just wait. So Joker's truly like a thinly veiled Valerie Solanas biopic, except they turn it into a male. Yeah, Todd protagonist. said to Bradley Cooper, "Hey, we should do a Valerie movie." <laughs> and they're like, "But let's make it a man." Yeah, yeah, and not just any man, the Joker. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Hi, <Bradley> Cooper. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Bradley Cooper's from Philadelphia. (laughs) Snaps for Philly. God bless Philly. God bless Philly. Look at these beautiful muffins. Queen of Halloween. I'm a product of Philly. Yeah. Were you born there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, my mom always bragged about, uh, my mom was born in like a Ukrainian ghetto in South Philly and, um, she always bragged about the fact that I was born on a Lankanal hospital on mm. the Marin County line. So apparently that was a big deal. So anyway. Congratulations. <laughs> so All right. Bringing muffins out of the <laughs> oven, man. How are we doing? I got all right. it. Oh. I'm eating bananas. Hi, I'm, no, I'm mom. I'm sorry. Hi, Lady. <laughs> so good to see you. <laughs> good to see you. Has he got any cold weather or snow or anything up we there? We are, you know, living in the 40s, 50s. It's going pretty well. It's sunny. It's beautiful. Good. Yeah. So far. Because I guess uh, Boston's getting bombed right now. Yeah. My my family that's in Cleveland is covered. They had like 13 inches one night. Yeah. Cool. You, you must have been to the uh, Rock and Roll Museum then if you get up to Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. In high school, it opened, I think, when I was in like middle school high school we used to go there every week because they had free concerts <laughs> oh who'd you see oh there were a bunch of ska bands it, not to age hell myself some yes. <laughs> yes. 41 was one of awesome. them whoa what a time yeah every week every week in the summers Ooh. there was like the free concert i think on tuesdays like a random night of the week thursdays maybe it was really fun Great. Yeah, I've never been, and I would love to get up there. Oh, yeah. it's where, And it's I know a... Jay-Z has re- requested to be buried there, so, Whoa, you know. Did? At the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, Wait, that's who did? You. Who requested that? 
She's saying I'm requesting. JZT. <laughs> oh, oh, JZT. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, bury me it. at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's a really you good heard museum. It here, it's like a good standalone <clears throat> museum. Yeah. Right. Everybody I've no, taken definitely. there has been like, oh, I was not, I was not expecting this level of museum. <laughs> and it's great. No, I mean it's fantastic. I mean it's you know every year. I mean it's just all the things go there, and so it's really really special. Yeah. All right. Well, enough of that advertisement. <laughs> so. Queen of Halloween, what did you think of Black Christmas? Well, I want to know, did she live at the end? Did Olivia Hussey live at <laughs> the end? We all want to know. No one knows. Oh. We all want to know. Here's, here's, I think, where they want our thoughts to lead. Because we were talking about how during the credits, the phone rang, and he always called before making a kill. So they're planting the seed that he's setting up to make one more kill. And there's only one person left in the house, and they left her all alone. Why, you know, every time I was like, why didn't she, the hell didn't she run out the front door? Thank you. And get away. Same question. You know? Same question. Right. I feel like we talked about this a little bit, but maybe she thought she could, if it were her boyfriend, she could talk some sense into him, you know, because she probably still thinks her friends are asleep, and that's why they're not answering her. And she's like, I'll go fix this. (laughs) Because nobody, actually, she didn't know anybody was dead at this point. The two people in the attic she doesn't know about. The two people in the bed yeah. she doesn't know about. So she's like, oh, there's just a creepy caller. If it's my boyfriend, I can handle this situation. That's something I didn't put together until right now. There are no deaths as far as any, any of the characters know. Yeah. But it's terrifying. When she starts screaming their names, it's chilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was very scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a muffin-based joke? Well, I was going to show them how you ate the top off, you know, and how rude that is. <laughs> I'm guilty. I'm also guilty of being rude like that. Well, I know. And you know what's funny? Um, I had a very difficult my mother-in-law, and my husband will be the first one to admit. And uh, she stayed, the, couple, the husband and wife stayed with us when we were, you know, before we got married. And I came into the kitchen, and the muffin tops were cut off the muffins I had left out. <gasps> And I realized that what she does is she eats the muffin tops and left the stumps for her husband. Out of love? Like, does he prefer the stumps? It's like no. a you know, cooperative relationship. <laughs> That's not why she was, you know, it was the just butt aggression. of all the family reunions, you know, kind of a thing. But it was, you know, I mean, the man's name was already Mud. Oh, wow. You know, I mean, how much, cool. you know, how much lower can you go? That's a lot. But, you know. That's a lot. I do, I, to add a little levity to this, I do have a muffin-based joke for everybody. Mm. Oh. This is a high school classic favorite. There are two muffins in an oven. The first muffin turns to the second and muffin goes, holy smokes, it's hot in here. And the second muffin turns to the first muffin and goes, holy smokes, a talking muffin. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> it still gets me. And what 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 grade was this? Oh, this was way too late to be jokes. as funny as it still <laughs> is <Bar> to <laughs> me. <laughs> this is like a ninth, tenth grade situation. <laughs> I was upstairs just kind of like looking through the ads, and there were ch- Target children's books for Christmas. And there's actually a book out there for children, which is Nobody Likes a Fart. <laughs> <laughs> I know one person whom I live with that I could get that for. <laughs> I think well, honestly, target, Nancy, darling, I think send target. her the link, send her the ad. Let's let's let's. I think we got a Christmas present planned. 
Could we do an episode on that? Nobody likes a fart. <laughs> the scariest thing of all. JZD, you down to do a book review for? I think we year? gotta do. It. You know, we've done video games. Yeah. We've yeah. Let's 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 break into the children's book <laughs> game. Specifically, the genre of children's book. Yeah. That's the natural right. progression. Well, I'll let you guys get back to work. Lovely to Likewise, see you. Likewise, Nancy, it was so good to see you. Hi, Fesh. I'm not ignoring uh-huh. you. Yeah, no, I know. I know. <laughs> All right, y'all. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Uh, yeah, happy Bye-bye. holidays. Bye. Wow. Queen of Halloween, pop it in. Ooh, she has a name, On a too. Christmas episode? Queen of wow. Halloween is a good one. Do you guys give your guests nicknames, or is that not a thing? That's not a tradition. Uh, sometimes we've given Sarah Renone the the old uh, head smasher. She right? That's, that's yes. Hers. Uh, Kevin Allen is Uncle Popcorn. Uh, Uncle Popcorn. Uncle Popcorn is so good for Kevin, who is now a nephew. He's a nephew and an uncle in my own head canon. <laughs> yep. I think he gave that to himself and we just signed off on it. Uh, right? gotcha. said, Can I it's, be Uncle yes. Popcorn? And we said, absolutely. Yes. Elena, Kevin. it's sort of like if the guest wants one, we'll give it to him. And yeah. Elena, we'd love to give you a, a canon nickname. I will uh, like, happily accept. Let's see. <laughs> Elena. Uh, Elena. <laughs> let's see. Oh, this is also for some, Zenny's film Fatale? Film Ooh, Fatale, yeah. Film that's Fatale. such a good one. She, get, she had that one ready to go. That's such it, a good one. It was... I have one in mind that makes me seem like a killer, which is, you know, whatever. I'll, I'd prefer to hear, hear it. The Usher. <laughs> the Usher. Ooh. I think that's it. I think that's the it. Usher's good. You know, I I'll take you where great. you want to go, but uh, <laughs> it's going to cost you. <laughs> Even if it's into the next life. Bum, bum, bum. That just came to me. I, love I don't it. know if this makes it better or worse, but the penultimate Usher. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, there's only one more usher after me. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? There's only one more usher after you get to my. I give you the program, but somebody else seats you. <laughs> well, that's it. it. The penultimate usher. The usher for short. <laughs> if you don't want to say it every time. If you want to be the usher, it's the usher. No, it's I want to be good. the penultimate usher now. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I think we got a litany of final f- thoughts out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of penultimate thoughts one might say <laughs> uh well yeah we all like black christmas yeah i really enjoyed we it did. ho 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 that was a good movie ho 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 and i'm i wasn't planning on watching the other two but now i'm so curious how how people reimagine that in their own in yeah. their own eras well yeah and that's what it is uh, like I, I i have seen them all and it is it is very 2006 is quite 2006. Sorry. 2019 <laughs> is quite 2019. So can I like, so can I take last stab guesses? 2006 is gory as hell, hmm? and 2019 has like an agenda. Like we are women standing mm-hmm. standing up for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Wow, fucking nailed it, man! <laughs> Didn't do that great in history, but <laughs> I know how to recognize a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> Well, history, you could argue there's patterns in history. Yeah. It's just like. I wouldn't because I can't back it up. But <laughs> there, <laughs> like... There's a saying, actually. There's famously a saying about there being patterns yeah, of, yeah. in history. and that That's it... where I got what I said yeah. from. I'm, I'm following. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> cool. Did, 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 did we cut you off once again? Sorry, bud. No, you know. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, guys. Well, I, guess I could go on a 
bit of a I guess the the 2020 of things lately has been on my mind. Mm, like when you and I guess my, like you know I the three things like I watched Cobra Kai, I really liked it on Netflix. Uh, I'm watching this Save by the Bell reboot, which is okay. on Peacock. I heard it's great. Got, I've been texted. It's very funny. To watch it. Yeah, I watched three episodes last night, and it's like very funny. A lot of very Thirty Rock esque, you know. Mm. A lot of a lot of zingers. That said, it is very much like 2020, you know, yeah. of just like, what's up, Elena? I heard it's a Tracy Wigfield joint, who was a writer on Thirty Rock, right? Oh. So it makes sense. It has the same yes, flavor. Yes, it. Yeah, she's like, you know, created by or developed. You know, she's in charge, and it's very funny. And um, what uh, was the third thing you were watching? I feel like you had another. And then, I, you know, even just Borat Two, the sequel, mm. feels very like torn to, and it's like this thing of like, I think I do like, like, it is things are generally feeling kinder, like trying to like diversify, like be like, you know, hope punk, as they yeah. say. They say hope punk. Like, uh, we're a hope punk podcast, I believe you tweeted. Oh, I love that oh, for we're you. A hope punk podcast. <laughs> yeah. I guess my question is kind of viewing this in the context of how we'll feel 10 years from now. Will we be like, oh, yeah, what the fuck did they think they were going to accomplish by making Borat slightly friendlier? Or is it like, <laughs> oh, I like it that he has like softened moments, you know? I, I got to say, I don't know that the sequel be will be revisited in the same way that the original I don't even know you that the original Borat? was necessarily, but yeah, yeah, Borat. I, I yeah. feel, especially with it being straight to a streaming service, I understand the circumstances, but like, it just feels more like it was intended to be seen, you know. It was like, it's almost like an article. Oh, October. Like, you read yeah, it yes. once, yes. it's a commentary on what's happening, and then it yes. almost immediately no longer applies. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, it ending with now go vote is like, clearly, we were meant to watch this in October of 2020. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> It'll be, I guess that's my, it'll be, uh, as we, especially now that, like, thankful, uh, you know, I guess Although, Joe Biden's the president, uh-huh. and hopefully Trump will be, uh, you know, fallen a well. Sure. But um, it'll be weird to revisit anything that, uh, COVID stuff especially, anything yeah. from the last four years, you know, two years from that's now, a great. Like, that's yeah. a good point. And I think in 20 years, actually, Borat 2 would be a way more interesting artifact than the first one, now that I think about it. Uh, yeah. But... You know, I'm personally of the opinion of let's just move on and never talk about it again. This, this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want to see any art that takes place during COVID. That's, uh, I'm done. It's, 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 it's it feels, fix it and then move yeah, on. Yeah. It feels important to be making and enjoying art right now. Like it feels like yeah. a survival tactic almost to be creating yes. things, but it will, yeah. there will be a little bit, I think trauma is too strong of a word, but maybe culturally, sure. like, there will be a, we need to heal from this by not dealing with it anymore. Yes. Like we need to let and it yeah. lie. I'm okay. Yeah. If in 15 years we make a bunch of movies about it or whatever, but right now it's just not what I need to. Yeah. In, yeah. In my survival technique, I don't need to be reminded what I'm surviving. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like the movie World Trade Center coming out in 2006. It's like, we weren't ready to really <laughs> no. unpack wow, yeah. how 9-11 affected America like this sucks <laughs> you know whoa but it's weird it's it's weird being told those dates how close together they feel now <sighs> yeah are you okay dude i think uh <laughs> i'm coughing a bit uh-huh. i got i got a blueberry straight down the oh, throat damn. happens these damn muffins all right well i think it's a sign from god himself that we need to stop recording this episode yes uh we'll quickly i guess rate it and then we'll 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go up. Uh, I give this a five ghost ghouls and goblins. Okay, I'll give it a, f- a four uh, Four ghost ghouls and goblins. What? What's the scale? I'm so sorry. Ghost ghouls and goblins out of five. Out of five? Yeah. Easy. It's an easy That's five ghost ghouls and goblins five. for me. Yeah. <laughs> Terrific. We did it. All right. We did it. All right. Anything you want to plug or promote, Elena? Uh, You know. I want to plug and promote everybody doing what makes them feel good. Okay, cool. <laughs> and yeah, and on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at <laughs> elenado.com. Elena is Ellen with an A at the end, D-O-E. And what makes people feel any better than Twitter? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll see by the frequency that I tweet how I feel about them. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, when it does pop up, I'm like, oh, right. I forgot. Yeah, great. Nice. <laughs> I literally view Twitter like a car accident now. I'm just like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I hate it. And I'm like, so I much. acknowledge right. that car accidents exist, but I uh, don't, don't I will not participate it. personally. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I don't need <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. It does. It does. What a word. Uh, well, all right. Thanks for having <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. Awesome. This was just, tremendously a delightful way to spend that, both a Saturday yes, night preparing here. for and a Sunday morning <laughs> hanging out with you guys discussing it. Hell yeah. Well, thank you for coming by. Wonderful. Um, and then, yeah, see every one of you scaredy cats next week for the 2006 version of Black Christmas. <laughs> Black Christmas. <laughs> and hey, folks. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> We love you. We love you. The truth can be dangerous. Telling the truth can be dangerous business. Lying and podcasting go hand in hand. If you admit you were scared of a movie, then I was scared too. Could be your jam.